Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I feel... I don't know why. I kind of feel in a goofy mood. I feel delirious. Um, it's been a day full of meetings, all good meetings, but um, they're so draining sometimes, you know, back to back. Yeah, I totally understand that. I am lucky because today has been pretty chill for me and the weather is the nicest it's been in like four days. So I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I feel pretty good. Yay. I hope you get to go enjoy it. I know. I'm going to try and go for a run later, and um, I'm actually having some girlfriends over tonight for Wine Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. That sounds amazing. Yeah, hopefully we get to – I, like, took all my cushions off and have, like, been putting them out in the sun to dry because my outdoor cushions are just, like, soaked. And I was like, of course, right when I put everything out, Washington decided it wasn't actually going to start being nice yet, so. Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. Well, you have outlined a great episode for us. I cannot wait to talk all about opt-ins and what makes a good opt-in and what maybe people should avoid doing. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I I won't go too into it yet because I'm excited to talk about it more, but I just thought of this because recently I've been like Googling like plants and like other like home things that we've been doing lately. And it's funny how sometimes you like you know, you don't even know what you're going to find when you start Googling things. And I just found this website and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so genius. Like, and obviously I'm sure you and I pay attention more to like marketing and other things like this than most people do. But it just totally made me realize like if everyone was doing this, I think they would see like a completely different engagement level with their subscribers. And so it just got me thinking and I was like, hmm, this will be interesting to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear all about it. I still, like, I haven't seen the example you're talking about, but I've, you know, heard you get excited about it. So I can't yeah. wait to see what it's like. Well, cool. Cool. Well, let's jump into the first thing here, in case you're wondering what we're talking about. Um, what is an opt-in form? What would you use to describe it, Melissa? So anytime I go to a website that I'm interested in and I see like a form off to the sidebar or maybe it pops up and says like, hey, if you're really interested in this topic, you know, we'd love to send you more emails about it. It's just a way to collect a subscriber's address, uh, email address, and send them typically relevant information about whatever, you know, sometimes it can be really specific and like the page you're on Uh, has a pop-up that's directly related to the exact content you're reading. Or sometimes it's just generally like, hey, would you like to receive like a newsletter from me as a sender? But it's just a, yeah, it's an easy way to collect email addresses. And uh, you can pretty much put one anywhere. It doesn't just have to be on a website. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I don't know if this is too much of a tangent. We won't go into it much, but it's just reminding me that opt-ins are a really great way to collect subscribers and I think for some reason I'm seeing a surge in senders trying to use a shortcut. Mm. Specifically, I'm referring to a service called Get Emails. And it is something that you can code into your website 
and their system will try and figure out who is looking at your website, their email address, and automatically add it to your list without the person having to opt in, which is for us a huge Mm no-no, not good for deliverability. Right. So this opt-in form is what we're telling everyone who's trying to use that um, kind of service and also just anyone in general. Like it's very important to have opt-in forms on your website and it's a just a wonderful way to start your relationship with your subscribers on the right foot because it's a consensual, mutual understanding. It's you mm-hmm. saying, here's what I want to provide to you if you're interested. And then the person can say, yes, I'm interested. I want to receive that by giving you the right. email address. And it's a lovely relationship from there on out. Exactly. I feel like there's a lot of things that um, just over the last few years working at ConvertKit that I've learned, not because I personally am a sender, but because I had to learn how to help people um, understand different you know, aspects of their account. And one thing that I learned very early on was that um, you know what we do or don't accept as far as like list collection methods go. But if I didn't, you know, just generally speaking, I knew like what we do or don't allow. But after listening into like different conferences over the last year or so, I have realized like it's not just about being a good sender, like doing the right thing. It's truly about the quality of a subscriber that you have. And I just like more than anything ever believe that that's like the most important thing if you're trying to, you know, turn those subscribers into potential sales or, you know, whatever your business model looks like. Like, I think that's just the bottom line. It's the most important is that if you don't have a good relationship with your subscribers, no matter how many you have or what your content is, what your business is, like, you're not going to see any kind of result that you want if you have just a bunch of subscribers that aren't involved or engaged. Yep. And we just released an episode all about that. So if you didn't hear it, mm-hmm. it's called What Makes a Good Subscriber. So go listen to that. But opt-in forms are a great way to gain those great subscribers. But mm-hmm. I would say not all opt-in forms are created equally. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the one that you're going to talk to us about is like amazing. And I'm sure we've all seen opt-in forms that are not amazing. So we'll get yeah. into that. But one thing I love that you're, you brought up in your notes is double opt-in versus single opt-in. So do you want to talk through what those mean? Sure. You know, oftentimes we'll, we will see people reach out, especially I would say like people coming over from other ESPs who just have questions about like how to set up their account, making sure they're doing things the right way. And a lot of times people will ask like, do I have to use a double opt-in? And I always feel like I kind of struggle with that question because I always want to say like, it is so much better to use a double opt-in, but it's definitely not like bad necessarily to use one. Um, or excuse me, if you don't use a double opt-in. But what you'll see with, in my opinion, and from what I've seen from other customers that would have looked at their accounts, double opt-ins truly help you create a good email list. When someone subscribes to a double opt-in, they are asked to go and confirm their subscription. That means that there's like this extra step involved where if I sign up to your form, Melissa, I have to go into my email address and find that confirmation email and actually click a button that says, yes, I want to receive those emails. Even though that sounds like a lot of work for someone to have to do, it's really just showing that that person like really cares, wants to receive your content. I don't think I could talk about it anymore. Like I've talked about it so much, but it just creates a better uh, relationship with someone who actually wants to receive your content and is a real person who's trusting you with their email address. A single opt-in, I could go sign up to a form right now and it would say, okay, you're confirmed. Thanks for signing up. 
and I wouldn't have to use that extra step of going and confirming my subscription. But that kind of opens senders up to list bombing and other issues that can happen um, when you don't use a double opt-in. And I would say especially for those who have larger lists with a lot of traffic to their website, they probably want to protect their their list and their engagement by using a double opt-in because list bombing can create some serious problems and it just creates extra work as a sender for you to have to go in and figure out which form it's happening on add protection to your form and then having to go in and delete all of those, you know, bot sign up subscribers. So at the end of the day, it might seem like a lot of extra work for the subscriber, but it's going to create less work for you in the long run as a sender. Yeah, that was so good. I agree with what you're saying, like how it can be hard sometimes to give guidance on these things. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a big, it depends. And for me, it depends on what other protection you have in place. So if you have no other protection in place, you don't have reCAPTCHA or anything else happening, I would say you definitely need double opt-in, even if you hate it and you don't want to do it, because mm-hmm. we really have seen so many senders get their deliverability and reputation just totally damaged, all because their form wasn't protected and they got list bombed. I have a whole episode on that if you don't know what it means, so you can go ahead and take a listen. But One thing to note, if you're a ConvertKit customer, we do tell plenty of people they don't need double opt-in because on all of our new forms, which most people are using, if you go create a form right now, it'll be our new form. We have automated bot protection that uses some really smart logic like IP addresses and location and number of times that email address has been signed up and all sorts of other things Mm -hmm. to determine when an address that's added to your form might be a bot or a bot added address. And if we think that this could be list bombing, we actually show a recaptcha only when we're suspicious. Mm -hmm. And then if they can't fill out the recaptcha, it's a bot. And if they can, it's a human. So whenever you have that in place, if you're a ConvertKit customer, I actually don't think you need double opt-in as much as you would without that protection, but it's still a great thing to have. One thing I do think we mentioned recently I would keep in mind is that if you have double opt-in enabled, I would not get very fancy with that confirmation email. We see a lot of people do this and I totally understand why, but they'll kind of disguise that confirmation email as like, here's your PDF book download. Again, I understand why you would think that's a a good idea. Like that looks a lot nicer and better than confirm your subscription. Mm -hmm. But what happens is someone is scrolling through their inbox. They see your email that they did sign up for. And it says, here's your PDF book download. And they're like, oh, I'm really busy right now. Or I want to download that when I'm on my iPad, I'm on my phone or whatever it may be. And they don't end up clicking to download the book. Which is ultimately their their subscription confirmation. Exactly. Yeah. And then they're not on your list. And you're like, what's going on? No one is confirming their subscription. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, it's not clear that they needed to click that. Right. They want to be on your list, but they just don't know what they need to do. So make sure the call to action is really clear and it's telling people you need to click this to be on my list. Yeah, I see that. I think we see that quite a bit. And it's again, it's like one of those things where it's not like I can do some kind of like math equation for you and prove that that's why you have a lot of unconfirmed subscribers. But it's a very like, typically it's like a big hunch that like they probably don't realize that they need to click to confirm their subscription. And so you you may have a lot of unconfirmed subscribers because of that. And that's a question I would say we get asked 
relatively frequently. And sometimes I'll tell people, you know, use use a single opt-in. I think one thing though, that just be sure if you are a ConvertKit customer, I think that your form has to be directly embedded. So if you're using like lead pages or something else, um, I'm not sure that that bot protection will always work. No. So you'll have to make sure that whatever you are using initially to capture that email on your website that you check to make sure that that service has some kind of bot protection or um, form protection of whatever that is. So something to keep in mind. But yeah, I think that's a really good point. I I see that a lot. And my, my example is perfect. It is literally like... I can't wait. <laughs> what's the term? Uh, just like, I couldn't have thought of a better example mm. up on my own. So... Yeah. I feel like I know the term you're thinking of and I still can't. Airtight. I think it's like, oh, okay. Like it's, it, nothing will get through. Like no one will be able to tell me that this isn't the most perfect example. Okay. I'm going to keep hyping it up throughout the episode (laughs) so that people continue to listen to this episode. I know a lot of people who love to be a devil's advocate. So, and you can try, you can try and tell me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I can't wait. But yeah, I feel like single versus double opt in is something that, I mean, in your opinion, like in, the deliverability realm. I feel like the, even there, there's people who kind of like, a lot of people say double opt-in is the way to go. But do you think that there's any people who kind of like say, eh, it's not that important? Like, is that something that's talked about a lot? Or do you think it's more like double opt-in is the gold standard? I think any deliverability person who is also active in like the anti-abuse community, like MOG and other organizations that we're a part of, would say double opt-in is the golden standard. And again, like I say that too, just to be clear, Yeah. unless like I'm saying in our instance, we have extremely good bot protection and you're like monitoring your list and you're doing all the other best practices mm-hmm. that you need to. But even outside of list bombing, just that double opt-in step just helps protect your list. It's kind yeah. of like getting a form of consent past the initial, you know, somebody put their email address on my website, but let's see if that was actually them and they actually want to receive this email. So yeah, I would say for the most part, it's what everyone would say you should do. I think a lot of people struggle too with um, the double opt-in because they, a question I see a lot is like, well, what if my deliverability isn't great? And what if those people aren't seeing the confirmation email? But I think one thing that's important to remember is that, and this will go back to my example. I am not the kind of person typically, like, especially when I'm busy, sometimes I'll see something and I want to sign up for it, but I don't go directly to my inbox and click the confirmation email right away. I mean, sometimes it's even like weeks later that I'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I want to be a part of that email list and I'll go in and click confirm. So I think that's something that um, is just kind of an interesting thing to talk about as far as like subscriber behavior goes, is that there is another person on the other side of the email address, which I know we say all the time, But I think it's like an important thing to consider when you are talking about double opt-in versus single opt-in, because I know a lot of people would rather have someone just automatically be added to their list if they sign up. But that doesn't mean that that person will be engaged in all of your emails. That's just like a fact. It's not going to, if you have a single opt-in, it doesn't mean that your list is more engaged than someone else's list. Yeah, that's so good. And to the spam filtering point, like I understand that logic, but also you should try and solve the deliverability issue first. Like there is a root issue there. Right. And it could be a list health issue that double opt-in would have helped with. So I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but it's like saying like, you know, you have health issues and you like want to eat chocolate to try and like 
get around them. It's like, oh, well, that might be kind of what caused it. So yeah. that was a terrible analogy. I'm no, sure <laughs> we'll think of a better one right after this. I always try and go like the health route, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like not helpful at all. So I think if you're in that situation, put the double opt-in thing aside, like you should still keep that on um, because messages are going to go to spam regardless if you're in that scenario. And continuing to send tons of emails to people that are all going to spam and you just keep emailing them over and over is going to hurt your deliverability even more. Right. So just like take a pause and fix your sender reputation and deliverability issues and keep double opt-in on the whole time. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. Yeah. Good point. Well, and we both are subscribed to different newsletters and, um, you know, other email lists. And I would say, I've never necessarily gone to a website, been really interested in their content, and been deterred from signing up because there was a double opt-in. Oh, yeah. No, definitely not. So I don't think that that's like a factor that people should be worried about. I've also seen people ask that before, like, well, what if people just don't click confirm? And then you probably don't want them on your list. And that's like the hard truth. But I would say when I'm interested in a topic and I want to be on someone's email list, I would never not sign up because I had to confirm my subscription. Yeah, I love that point because I think that's a lot of people in their head. They're like, well, no one's going to want to go click that email, Mm -hmm. like open that email. And it's like, then they're probably not going to click literally anything else in your message and they're not going to buy anything from you and they're not going to do anything. They're just going to sit there. Maybe they'll open some emails, but like, I love they're not going to convert that you're saying that. Yeah. It's like, well, then are they really someone you want on your list? You're probably right. paying for them in your ESP. They're impacting your deliverability. I think for a long time, email marketers have wanted to just like get eyeballs on it. I don't yeah. care which eyeballs they are, but like, I just want as many people seeing this as possible. But like we've said in a lot of episodes with email, that's just not the case. Um, you'll actually have a lot more success if you try and get the most engaged most high quality subscribers mm-hmm. on your list and send to those people. And I've seen that question kind of the like, well, what if people don't click confirm? I've seen that from people with really large lists. And I've seen that from people with really like just starting out. So it's definitely not something that like, I think a lot of people do struggle with that, whether you have a large list or a smaller list. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how else to drive that point home more that like, the quality of the subscriber really matters and the double opt-in versus single opt-in will help you kind of see the difference, I think. Yep. So good. Well, you have a good list here of the aspects of what makes a good opt-in. Do you want to talk about that before your example or do you want to talk about your example first? Oh, I'm just not, I don't know if I'm ready to give up the example. <laughs> like I'm holding on to a little like oh my gosh. nugget yeah. of gold. Yeah. Keep people listening. I like that. Okay. Let's talk about you can jump in and kind of like talk through a couple of these because I want to hear your opinion on some of the things since I wrote the exam or like my little aspects of what makes a good mm. opt-in. I would love to hear like what you have to, because I didn't, I didn't go into any details. I just listed them. Okay. Well, I'm going to even not look at your list and just go off my brain right. and we'll see how many of them match up because I think that could be fun. So when I go to a website and I see a form to opt in, there are a few different things that work well for me. First of all, I really don't like any sort of like gimmicky messaging or anything that feels forced. So I think a lot of us have probably been on the website where like a big thing pops up and there's no X button and they kind of want you to enter their email address before you can do anything else. So I think that's never a good idea. We've talked about it a lot, but people will likely give you a bad email address because they don't actually want to subscribe and it's going to cause issues for you. So that's never good. 
I also have seen a ton of people say that they hate this, which is messaging like, you know, there's two options. And it's like, enter your email address. Yes, I want 10% off. Or it's like, no, I hate deals. Like, okay, (laughs) don't do that. I know it's probably just trying to be funny, I guess. But like, it sounds a little desperate and just isn't like a great way to start a relationship off. So I would say avoid that. Again, you shouldn't be begging anyone to join your list or tricking them. It should be a mutual benefit where they feel lucky to be giving you their email address and they can't wait to get your content. So along those lines, I think clearly stating the value that you're going to provide. So for example, concerts are coming back. Let's say one of your favorite artists is about to go on tour And events are selling out like crazy right now because everyone wants to go to events. So if you go to their website to check out their tour dates and you see a pop-up that says for early ticket access, pre-sale access, enter your email address. I know if it's an artist I love, I'm like, please take my email. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to get that email. I can't wait because you're going to get first dibs on all the tickets. Like, that is amazing. That's a great offer. For a food blogger, recently I got an opt-in that made me convert. So I was looking for vegetarian recipes because that's a whole new thing I'm trying. And as I was scrolling through their blog post with tons of great recipes, they had a pop-up and it was like, get a free PDF download of like a 30-day meal plan or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, perfect. That's what I need. So I was like, yes, please take my email. So you kind of want the vibe from the person looking to be like, yes, I need that. Instead of it being you being like, please, please give me your email. I'll give you $20 off. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's like no X button. I agree. That's very annoying. And it doesn't make you feel like you are going to have almost like a relationship with that person. It just feels like kind of how I feel about Instagram these days where everything is an ad and it just feels kind of forced. And like Mm -hmm. even the bloggers I used to like to follow, um, I feel like my relationship with their, their content has changed because it just feels forced. And I feel like every time I turn around, someone's trying to sell me something. And again, with my shopping addiction, you'd think that that would be like a helpful thing. And it's honestly, it's not because I feel like kind of like product placement has gone out the window. And now it's just like every opportunity, someone's trying to sell you something, um, even more so than ever before. So I feel like that's a really good point. Like I, I think that it's more important to like create that initial relationship with your subscriber before trying to force them into um, a sale. And I think I mentioned on a different episode that there was a study done about if subscribers would rather have like a 25% off coupon or if they would rather have like a very targeted, again, I hate the word targeted. I feel like it sounds bad, but like really um, specific, relevant email related to their interests And I guess like the, and I I could pull up the study, but the study basically showed that more people who were subscribed to lists they liked would rather have that really uh, specific, relevant (laughs) relevant content um, than have a 25% off coupon that was just sent in a random email that didn't like do anything for them besides that. So I think it does um, depend obviously on like the audience, but I, I think that's a really important point that there could be more thought that goes into getting someone to sign up. And sometimes that's hard. Like I've definitely seen on like webinars that ConvertKit has hosted, people ask that question, like, well, I don't know how to get people to sign up. And I know it's super challenging to think of something that's specific to your um, audience. But when you, I think when you figure it out, those are the people who are doing super well. 
Yeah. I think we can sum all that up by saying like, ask yourself, what is the problem I can solve Mm -hmm. for people who are visiting my website? So like the musician example I provided, it's like people are probably on my website as a musician because they want to buy tickets. Like they would go to Spotify or whatever else to listen to my music, but like there's a good chance they want to buy tickets. Right. How can I help them and get them on my list? Well, I can offer pre-sale. For the food blogger, they're going to ask themselves, why are people on my list? Mm-hmm. Well, they probably want recipes for vegetarian food. What problems people have? Um, well, it can be hard to even know what to eat and like, especially over like, what do you mm-hmm. go to the grocery and buy? Okay, well, I'm going to offer a 30-day meal plan or like a shopping list or whatever it may be. So um, instead of just saying like, mm-hmm. there's a form on my site, give me your email address, ask yourself, why are people probably coming to my site? If they're coming to my site, what problems do they have? What can I help them with that will solve that? And add that into your opt-in. I feel like this was the, uh, so I put, tells what the emails would be like, which I feel like you just said about pre-sales for musicians. Gets Mm -hmm. the reader interested. So you also mentioned that. Um, Clear, concise, and helpful was one of my other ones. So I think that one goes along with like helpful. What can you provide to the subscriber? Uh, So I think you've gotten, you're doing well. (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) I love a good quiz. Trying to think if there's anything else I would say. I didn't really cover it, but I think it could like be helpful to specify, like sign up for weekly emails Mm -hmm. from me or whatever it might be just to make sure they understand the cadence and what to expect. This is just another example too of opt-ins I've seen work. This kind of goes off script a little, but um, I think anything that's like a challenge or a course, like you can get creative. So let's say someone goes to your website. Let's say someone goes to a deliverability defined website, which we don't really have. Uh, We kind of have through ConvertKit, but let's say they go there and a pop-up comes up and it's like, um, enter your email address for a 10-day deliverability crash course. And we could send emails every day that are like pretty intense. Um, like here's a whole email about DMARC. And the mm-hmm. next day, here's a whole email about the content of your email. So anyways, that's just a more creative way, I think, to get people on your list. It feels more fun and interactive than just saying like, give me your email so I can send you weekly tips or whatever. Um, but calling it a challenge or a course is just a nice way to repackage it. Yeah, I agree completely. And that was kind of, that goes with my, um, oh gosh, I lost my page. Hold on. I was getting my example ready. <laughs> Don't lose the example. We need it. Oh yeah. I said, doesn't bombard the subscriber with too much information. So I think that's like a really good kind of segue into that is like, be specific about what people are receiving. Um, I don't think in email people necessarily like surprises because there's so much spam and fish out in the world that there have been times where I've even received like something legitimate from a company. And I've told them, um, this actually happened to me recently. I was like, just so you know, if you can take any feedback from, um, a customer, your emails look not legitimate. And I almost didn't open it because I don't trust the way it looked. And here's some feedback on what you could do to make it look better. And it was like an important, like, I don't know if it was like a billing issue or something, but I was like, you need to make sure that people know they can trust your emails, especially with something like that. Yeah, I just think too much information can make people almost like not trust you. Hmm, Interesting. Okay. So should I share my example? (laughs) I would love to hear about the example. I can't wait. Okay. So I'm Googling, I'm Googling plants and I'm like trying to figure out, 
I really wanted a garden this year. I'm not as committed as some people are. I struggle a lot with keeping things alive, plant related. And so I started Googling stuff and I saw this website called empressofdirt.net. Love the name. The logo is awesome. It just looks cool. I don't even know. And I was like, I'm trying, I was trying to pull up the, oh yeah, it's down for me too. Oh no, this is so sad. I know, it's such a bummer. I have, I have a couple of things pulled up right now, but basically it was like new here, question mark, dig in, start here. And there's a place where you can start and then it's like, welcome. My name is Melissa, which I was like, that's why I like it. Cause her name is Melissa. AKA the Empress of Dirt. <laughs> I got creative and frugal ideas for your home garden. Are you new to the site? Start here. She has like a super relevant, like dig in blog posts at the very beginning. And like, it's just, it's so genius. Everything she has is amazing. So there was a place to sign up and it said like, I don't remember exactly what the opt-in form looked like on the front, but when I I subscribed and it was like to activate your subscription. This is all it said on the subscription. And just so you know, I have not opted in in a month. I did this like probably not a month ago, probably like three weeks ago. And I have not opted in until right now. And the reason I didn't opt in was because I will remember the name of that website and like the name of that confirmation email if I go search for it in my inbox. So I didn't have to Google the name of the website. I just remembered so clearly that I signed up for that form because it was so interesting and so like helpful. So I have not confirmed until now. And I just Googled Empress and it came up and I confirmed my subscription and it's been three weeks since I signed up. Oh, wow. And I can send a, like a example of what this looks like, but all the confirmation email says is click to confirm your subscription to activate your subscription. Please follow the link below. If you can't click it, please copy the entire link and paste it into your browser. If you do not click the link provided, you will not be subscribed to this mailing list. You can also unsubscribe at any time. And all it says is confirm subscription. Thank you. Nice. I was like, this is the best thing ever. So clear. Tells me, tell me what to do. Make it easier for me, which it does. Mm -hmm. And I think on the opt-in form, it said, add your email address, whatever was made me want to add my address. And it said, please check your spam folder and your promotions folder. It told me where to look. It gave all these instructions, like simple, but very helpful. And then when I clicked to sign up, it said, you're signed up. Thank you and welcome. Your subscription is all set. If you requested the newsletter, your first edition will arrive shortly. You will also receive any future mailings as soon as they are available. And then the thank you gift was a, an ebook. So they didn't ask me to click to download the ebook for my subscription. They asked me to click my subscription. Mm. I did that. And then they sent the ebook as a gift for confirming my subscription. Nice. So anyways, I'm so excited about this. I think this is like the best website I've seen in a long time. And they, they obviously know what they're doing because they've done everything right. I'm so sad that their website is down and I can't see it, but it sounds amazing. I know. Um, I love all the things you outlined. It is. I went to her Instagram. I might message her after this, but I love that in her Instagram and her bio, it says, get the free Empress of Dirt newsletter with a link. And there is the new start here link that you mentioned. Sadly, it doesn't work right now, but um, I love... The clarification there. I love how clear the opt-in confirmation email was and that you received the ebook afterwards. And I just got the uh the first newsletter oh. that I signed up for 
It's also numbered. It says newsletter 189, which I really like. And it's very just, yeah, it's very clear. Like, hello, here's the latest Empress of Dirt newsletter. Um, A new edition is sent every two weeks on Friday. So they tell you exactly what you're getting. Um, Give you the timeline. New here, question mark, to be sure you never, I don't know why I said question mark. (laughs) My voice, my voice said it all. I'm just too excited. (laughs) new here to be sure uh you never miss a newsletter please add melissa at empress of dirt to your email contact list she's good they are good i'm like this made me so excited what if she listens to our podcast i would be thrilled melissa we love you (laughs) i felt like the biggest i think you know that you're like an email geek when you get this excited about something and i specifically did not tell you about it because i wanted to talk about it on the podcast live because this is how excited i was (laughs) If you wish to change your subscription or share this email with a friend, please use the buttons at the top of this message. Some links are referrals. If you click through and shop, I may receive a commission at no additional cost to you. My full disclosure is here. Wow. I am obsessed. She is clear. She is transparent. And she did something else. So this is the uh, newsletter, but it says at the bottom of all of this stuff, it says, want the entire newsletter? (gasps) Click here, which we just. She is cutting edge. She's on top of it. I know. I'm so excited. I want to be like, you are the gold standard. <laughs> the queen of email. Yeah. The empress of email. So in case you, you know, we're obviously very tuned into our podcast. In case you don't know what we're talking about with the whole click here thing, in our most recent episode about Apple's changes, we talked about how open rates are going to be way more unreliable. They've already been, you know, slightly unreliable for a while now, but they're going to be even more unreliable and clicks are really going to be the best indicator of Um, engagement. So we talked about how one tip for people with newsletters is to not include all of the content right there in the email, but have a click here to read the full email so that you get those clicks. And our girl, Melissa, Empress of Dirt, is already doing that. Mm -hmm. And the Apple change isn't happening for months. So (laughs) she she's good. Yeah, she's she's cutting edge. She's ahead of the times. Also at the bottom. I mean, if I could like show every customer, like what you should be doing. This is what I would be like, follow this person, do what she is doing. Everything is right. Yeah. Your privacy is very important to us. We do not spam, sell, rent, or release our mailing list. It's used only for communication between Empress and of Dirt and you, and you can unsubscribe or change your preferences at any time. If you ever need assistance or have a question, you are welcome to email and it gives a contact email. I, I, I can't get over it. I just think it's the best thing I've ever seen ever. And I'm so upset her, her website is down right now. Oh my gosh. Well, this episode won't come out for like another month. So I'm sure it'll be up by the time you're listening to this and we will DM her and tell her that her website's down so she can fix it. But, um, wow, she's good. And she's hitting all of the checkboxes. One thing I want to point out is it's very clear from everything you're saying that she cares about her subscribers as humans. And you can feel that from all of those steps she's taken. She's being very transparent. She wants to be upfront. She's like, this might be an affiliate link. This is how your data is shared. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, we care about your privacy. She's just so upfront with everything. And you can tell that she cares and it helps you feel like there's a relationship there right off the bat, even though obviously she doesn't know who you are or whatever. You never spoke, mm-hmm. but it's just a good feeling as a subscriber to be like, this person cares about me and my experience and I trust them. Yeah. I, I just, I thought it was so, it was so well done. Um, I wish we could look at the website right now so you could sign up and like kind of see it for yourself. But um, 
if I could, like I said, if I could give like a gold, gold <laughs> star to someone, I don't, I just feel like I don't see that very often. And I, I sign up for email lists like quite often, not only just for my own like enjoyment and like things I'm interested in, but just like out of marketing interest and like deliverability interest. And this was just like so refreshing to see someone doing it so well. And it, it just makes me wonder, like if more people were doing it like that, I wonder how different, and I know it can be like pretty time consuming to make sure you're checking all those boxes. Like I can imagine, you know, having a business already up and running and having everything set up, like going in and changing forms is a lot of work. Um, and making sure that you're doing all of these things can be like kind of not only like technical, but also challenging for creativity. But I think at the end of the day, like I would sign up for that 10 times over because I was so impressed. And I think most of the people listening to this podcast have similar expectations because we all are in this like realm of deliverability and email marketing. And I just, I don't know. It just was like so cool to see someone doing it really well. Yeah. And I think, you know, it is, like you said, it can be time consuming to do it well, but look at how excited you are like right off the bat. And I think even people who aren't email geeks, would still like feel good about that whole process that you just explained. Right. And so you're going to be way more likely to click things, to buy things from her. Like you're already a fan and that's a way more valuable subscriber right there than someone who went to your website, they were trying to scroll and then a big pop-up came up and it was like, you need 10% off, you know, and you like, you're like, whatever. And you gave them an email address, but like you didn't really care about it. And, you know, it feels like they want something from you. Yeah. Like that's a whole different experience. And you're not going to be as good of a subscriber in that email list as you are going to be in the Empress of Dirt email list where you're a huge fan and you feel respected. Exactly. Also, they have a podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. We should have had her on the podcast. <laughs> they have a garden podcast. Uh, follow along as we explore garden-related topics to make you a better gardener and nature-curious minds. Click here for the latest episodes or subscribe with your favorite podcast app. I hope this finds you safe and well. See you again in two weeks. Wow. So anyways, amazing. I'm looking up the podcast now. I just love it. I think it, I haven't listened to the podcast yet. I didn't see that until now, but... Yeah, so that's fun. I just think that uh, they're doing a really good job and they have there's so much content on this website. I mean, it's just like full of information and really cool ideas. So if you like gardening and you're interested, check it out. Love that. I feel like that was a great example and one that obviously you don't have to be a plant blogger to apply that to your own business. But even just, I quickly pulled up the podcast and it's just clear that she has, you know, so many five-star reviews. Everyone is... It's talking about how informative it is and how helpful it is. And it's clear that she is putting out really helpful, valuable content for people. And she is respecting people and seeing them as humans. And it's working for her. Like, I'm sure she's doing very well. And um, you don't have to be gimmicky or try and get as many eyeballs as possible in order to be a successful creator for a living. Um, you can do it right. You can do it well. And do a great job. I can tell you from doing a lot of shopping on uh, like Instagram or other like, you know, targeted ads that I get because I'm a sucker. Um, I would totally buy something like affiliate related, especially when someone's honest about it. Like I have no, that doesn't bother me. I have no problem doing that. But I would rather purchase something through, through someone like that because 
they are, I trust them. I trust their opinion. I believe them when they say that the product that they are using works. I think that's another big thing. Like whether it's an affiliate product or it's your own product, I think making a platform where people understand clearly what your goal is. And that goal typically is to help the person who's the subscriber. It just makes you feel confident in purchasing something from someone or signing up and giving your email address away. All of those things are just like, I don't know, they're gonna, they're going to separate that person, like the Empress of Dirt, separate her from someone else who is just like bombarding me with um, coupon codes and not really giving me anything to, you know, content that that will help me in any way. So I know, I know we've said that a lot, but I just think that it made an impression on me because I didn't even confirm my subscription until three weeks later and I still remembered to do it. Yeah, so. for sure. I think that's great. And I think that is a good description of whenever you are going to build your form on your website or a landing page, mm-hmm. I think we gave a lot of helpful, hopefully, um, tips on just the certain guidelines and things you should be paying attention to whenever you build that form, what's going to work, what's not. Um, This is a very common question we get. I actually had someone fill out our contact form recently and was like, how do I even get subscribers? (laughs) I think that's where a lot of people are starting from. And I totally get it. Like if I were to start some sort of side hustle right now, even being, you know, like a deliverability person, I would have that thought of like, how do I even get subscribers? And I think this is helpful. Um, putting out helpful content and anywhere that people can find you, like your website, your Twitter, your Instagram, wherever, like having a link to your form to sign up for your email list and showing right off the bat what the value they're going to get is so that they are excited to be on that email list. That's really the key. And I think it can be hard, um, especially if you're just like, again, trying to get as many people on the list as possible. But Mm -hmm. that is a tried and true way to get high value subscribers. It might take a little longer, but being consistent on your end when it comes to putting out new content is going to help feed that machine and get more and more people to find your forms. And then they see that value and then they want to sign up. I think consistency is one of the most important aspects of any kind of like online presence business strategy, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like anything, email marketing, whatever you are using online, consistency is your best friend because I cannot tell you how many people I have followed for years now, which is crazy. I can't believe that people have had profiles for years that I've been able to follow profiles, newsletters, whatever it is that you're following. Um, that is where like the consistency and the relationship happens is over time. And the people who have been the most successful in any online marketing have always said when they felt like stopping or they were having a creative rut or whatever, they just kept pushing through it and kept going. Even if you don't feel like your content is like maybe the best you've ever created, showing up for the people who are on your your list is what's going to help propel you forward in your business. And the people who stop and then start again, and then kind of lose that track with their subscribers are the ones who probably won't see the results that they want. Right. I think the key is continuing to show up when honestly, like maybe it's not going so well. Yeah. I, for example, I'm thinking of, I have two different people in my life that I'm thinking of and both of them kind of tried the same path, which maybe a lot of women our age 
that we know have tried of like kind of doing the influencery mm-hmm. thing. Been there too. <laughs> oh yeah. I won't tell you what my profile was called. Okay. <laughs> well, the two people I'm thinking of, it's like when you know them well and they're just getting started, I'm sure it felt awkward for them like to be posting mm-hmm. things with an audience of like five people, 10 people, whatever, and you have to consistently show up and they probably feel like they're talking to no one. I think anyone who's tried to create anything, obviously it doesn't have to be influencer, but even with this podcast, like we started out feeling that way for sure of like, is anyone listening? Yeah. Is anyone out there? (laughs) Right. It feels awkward to keep going in those moments. And I'm sure the longer you go on and it feels that way, the harder it is. But in the example I'm thinking of, There's one woman I know who kept going and now literally is like, she makes a living doing the influencer thing. And yeah, there's another woman in my life who probably started the exact same time. And she keeps, she'll like randomly post stuff like once. And then she goes silent for months and months and months and months. And then you're like, okay, she gave up. And then she, she comes back and you see her on your Instagram. Like, oh wow, she's trying again. And then she goes dark for like a year. I have someone in my life that does the same thing. And it's not meant to be like, I know people's lives get busy and like it is, it's a difficult job to be creative for other people and like be able to support people in a way that's, it might be about something that they're interested in, but it's still like the delivery is important. And that's really challenging, but I, I have the same thing in my life. I have someone that I follow who does something similar and it's, I think it's hard to follow people like that because you don't you don't know what to expect. Right. And because the second person didn't show up consistently when it got tough and got awkward, she on like it's just not happening. And I mean, it still could if she decided to literally post once a week at least and like do all the things. You have to commit, you know? But she hasn't. And it's that hasn't happened for her. But again, with the person who literally started out the exact same way, the content was very similar mm-hmm. and she kept going. She would post with you know, getting five likes or whatever. She just kept going. And now she has thousands and thousands yep. and thousands of followers. So obviously just a small example, but I think one that can apply to anyone of like, if you're passionate about it, if you love it, like keep going, even when it's really hard to keep going, mm-hmm. but show up consistently and it'll pay off. Exactly. And that's why um, in like the webinars that we've had hosted uh, through ConvertKit, the thing that um, people have always said is like, have an opt-in form. Start with an opt-in form. Like you don't have to know exactly where you're going, but own your audience and collect those subscribers because if you don't even have that and then something exciting does happen with your content and you aren't prepared for people to want the content you're providing, you're going to end up in a situation where you probably miss out on a lot of people who would end up on your list. So start at the beginning, create an opt-in form, create a landing page and start a relationship with that audience, even like you said, Alyssa, if it's just five people. I love it. Well, I feel like we could go on forever. We're almost at an hour, which is kind of long for us. So we could, I'll cut us off. Um, but that was so good. Thank you for planning this episode. I loved it. Thank you for that great example. I can't wait to follow her and sign up for her email list. I know me too. I have hopefully her website's working when (laughs) this episode comes out. I'm sure it will be because she is a pro for sure. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty. Hope you all have a wonderful week and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. 
You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.